Welcome to the Kiss My Crown podcast. Now, this is the place for women who want to have it all and then some. This is about mindset. This is about manifestation and everything in between. My job here is to empower you to become the queen of your world, just like you deserve to be. I'm your host, Natasha Mundy. Hello, my beautiful queens, and welcome to this very special episode of the Kiss My Crown podcast. Now, if you've stumbled across this today, I can let you know that this is Champagne and Chill, baby. These are special episodes that I'm going to bring to you monthly where I catch up with my nearest and dearest. We have a champagne and we just talk any topics that are on our mind. So you'll meet my nearest and dearest in life. And guess what? It's the ultimate girls night in and... Um, you're invited. So I hope you enjoy this really special episode of Champagne and Chill. Hello and welcome to this very special episode of Champagne and Chill where I am joined tonight by one of my beautiful, beautiful, lovely friends, <laughs> Teresa. Hey everyone. Welcome to- so nice yes. to be here. Yay. <laughs> I know finally we've been talking about this for a little while and it's taken us a little bit to get here. But we're here. Yes, finally. And, yes. And poor Teresa is um, suffering from the spicy cough right now and mm-hmm. is still here anyway because she felt she needed to um, uh, fill up her ISO time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm in like day one or two right now. So it's, yeah, it's starting to hit. I, let's see. And she's showing me her like her um, survival kit for today, which is, some what are they throat lozenges the yeah, water the the ones. yeah 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 beautiful um Teresa I would love for you to tell my beautiful audience a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do um and you know Ter- uh, Teresa's one of my business besties so she's in business as well so I'm gonna let her plug her business here as well and give a little a little intro to what she does so you can get to know her as well Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. Um, Yeah, so I am a myotherapist. Um, So I graduated uni uh, just probably about six months ago now, uh, which is amazing. I did a bachelor's degree of health science in myotherapy. So at the moment, I'm working full time at a clinic in Oakbank, um, better back chiropractic. And I'm a myotherapist there. It's um, kind of a bit of a mix of uh, physiotherapy, dry needling, massage, um, all of the fun stuff that um, I absolutely love. Um, and it really involves um, a lot of client education, which I'm really, really positive about. Um, and yeah, so that's what I do. Yeah. yeah. And you, during your time as well, so Teresa and I know each other too because um, Teresa's husband, wrestles mm. where we all wrestle so this is sort of how it all came to be and Teresa has you know got to use the boys as guinea pigs at a lot of times to yeah. help them with their you know niggles and all that sort of fun stuff as well but now she's got a her big cool pants on and is in business for herself which is really really exciting yeah yeah no I mean I absolutely love still helping out at um, ACW I really enjoy it and you know, just getting to meet all the, the wrestlers and seeing them and 
Um, and then even just helping out, you know, behind the scenes, I'm on the you know front desk with the girls, you know, uh, ticket sales and food and whatever. It's really fun. And yeah, and that's how obviously Tash and I met. Um, and yeah, it's been amazing. That's it. And we've been on quite a little journey together as well. So I was lucky enough to get to see you guys get married. So I thought that was really um, such a privilege and that was something really cool to see you in your own journey. And obviously now I've gotten to see you graduate from uni, which is something that I saw you just absolutely, you know, for lack of a better term, bust your balls at for a really long time. So, you know, that was really cool. So I've got to see a lot of your um, journey, which is really, really exciting. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, um, I think I've known you, um, I think, almost as long um, as I've actually been dating and obviously being married to um, my husband, Reese. So it's it's incredible. It's um, I think it's about six years. So, that is so cool. And, I know. And, and you're still stuck around, which, which I, I know, love, despite the crazy wrestling world that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm stuck around. That's it. And you're still here. And I think like, and I would say, it'd be safe to say, I think over the last couple of years, have probably been when you and I have started really developing that friendship outside of wrestling mm. as well. You know, like a lot of it is wrestling based and, and you sort of do that. And, and I think that, you know, some of that is to do with too, like around the time that you got married, I think, you know, life changed for you a little bit, um, mm. including sort of, I guess, friendship circles and, you know, and it's no, I guess, secret here as well that, you know, today I've got Teresa here and we're talking about friendship because, you know, I like sort of gone through that myself as well. So we thought that would be kind of a really cool topic to talk about um, uncensored today. Uncensored. I love that. That's so great. (laughs) Let's get into it. That's it. And I think, you know, like friendships are a funny thing um so you know for me personally I probably I've lost a close friend recently and not lost as in they passed away but made the decision not to be friends with that person anymore and you know because that that friendship was causing me you know and you were there you saw I saw a lot of it firsthand as well where it was just sort of causing um I I guess it was a drift and then there was just it it just started causing a lot of heartache I guess yeah is the best sort of way to put that yeah definitely Uh, yeah, and I think, and then it's the same like with with you, with your friends, it was just sort of like your life changed and then mm. all of a sudden they weren't sort of available really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously I think it's, I would almost liken it to um, a breakup almost. I mean, you become invested in someone. You put a lot of time and effort into getting to know someone and building this relationship Um and while it's there, while you're both, you know, kind of communicating, you're both adding to each other, it's amazing. Um, and then once that kind of falls away on one part or both parts, um, uh, then it really, it hurts. It really does. So, yeah. like, I completely understand. Yeah. I I completely agree with you. It's definitely like a breakup. And, and it's funny because it's like a, I don't know, like, I, I find that friendship breakups are almost harder yeah. Then other breakups, isn't that terrible? Because, I mean, it, you know, it took me a really long time to get here to be ready yeah. to break up. Um, and, and I was putting up with a lot of shit, you know mm. what I mean? Like, and just, and, it, and it's funny that we sort of have this, um, 
I don't know. It's like when we set standards, you know, like we can be very quick to set standards for what we want in a relationship. You know, like you can sit there and have your like your, you know, your list, right? And you're like, I want him to be tall, dark, handsome, have this type of job, you know, treat me this way. And, you know, like sort of have this list of what you want your future partner to be like, but we don't seem to have that same drive for our friendships either. Yeah. Well, I guess really, I mean, it's about that initial like connection um, and building off of that. And I, I think even when you're dating someone, um, you still have that list and you go through it with them. You try and, you know, kind of match up yourself. And yeah, it's right. You don't really see that with actual, you know, friendship relationships, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. And it's like, and you, I don't know, for some reason, I think, you know, we've talked about this a lot since is that I really felt like I had set the bar really low to, you know, you're like, wow why am I letting someone treat me that way? Yeah. You know, you know, like, and I think that we let, sometimes we let our friends or our girlfriends get away with that sort of treatment as well. Yeah. 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 And I mean, can, if I can even like give an example, even like before um, I got married, obviously I had a lot of uh, friends through church and school um, and I did have quite a toxic friendship in high school um and it was really like a breakup we were so close but it was even more so that she wouldn't actually um really even allow me to hang out with other people because she's like oh but I'm your best friend I have to be that best friend for you you're only allowed to come with to me with issues so in that case it was even like a toxic um relationship so that's it um, and it sort of becomes like a um yeah, like you're exactly like like a toxic relationship. So what you wouldn't like allow in a relationship. Yeah. And we we do, I don't know what it is about those sort of friendships that sort of do that, you know, like. Yeah. Um, but I think that you and I are now, you know, we talk a lot about boundaries now yeah. and sort of setting those boundaries with like I, I'm very, you know, it, it annoys me that it's taken me this long to get to this point to be like, this mm. is what I, I got like that with relationships a long time ago. Like with, you know, like I had a partner who was, you know, there was sort of domestic violence. Was, that was like my first ever long-term relationship. So once I got out of that, I was very quick to be like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. You know, th- this is what I'll, you know, accept. And I think that every relationship that I had afterwards, it's sort of like, well, no, now I don't want that. You know, like it sort of grew upon of like things that I just would not tolerate yeah. anymore, but it's taken me this long in life to get there with friendships about yeah. what I will and won't tolerate in a friendship. Yeah, no, of course. Um, and <laughs> I think we were talking the other day about, you know, um, our circles as well and how it's gotten quite small um, and that it's just that this inner circle that is really high quality, not a lot of low quality, big circle friends, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's that um, quality over quantity. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that I really value. Yeah. And, it, and I think it's good that you get to that point where you really realise like with friendship, yeah, it should be quality over um quantity and not just you know because you know when you're like really quite young you have like this big circle of friends you know and you're just like you know everyone and but none of them are really that sort of you know true friends you know they're like colleagues or work friends school friends you know you name it anything like that where having that true sort of inner circle and you know like 
yeah, just people that you can actually sort of sort of trust and make you feel good as well, you know, like, um, yeah. you know, like when we look at back at boundaries, like what sort of boundaries do you have now? Like what are you, what are you a no-go for, you know, like? Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I guess for me it isn't about necessarily, I mean, obviously when I would have, uh, you know, had a lot of friends leave me, I guess I would have set that boundary of like, okay, I need kind of reciprocation here. But at this point, I mean, I've closed down my, you know, friends, friend circle. I've got the really, you know, close friends that I have now. And even my, um, my very best friend who I've known since I was four years old, um, we even, you know, barely talk. Um, but we have that understanding where we've set that, um, we're always there for each other, no matter what, um, mm-hmm. if there's ever an issue. Um, and we've called each other multiple times on the phone, just at randomest times, you know, crying or sharing the happy moments. Um, yeah. And that's setting that boundary, I think, of just knowing that someone is actually always going to be there for you, no matter yeah. what. Um, and you need someone to rely on as a best friend um, to just be there regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you you said something just as you're heading into that about reciprocal, right? That's yeah. for me. That that's my boundary now. Like I I I want reciprocal energy, you know, like I want mm. you to, you know, like I want any friend to return what it is that I'm going to put in. Like I don't expect people to be there 24/7, you know, I don't want you to be at people's beck and call cool 24/7, but like, you yeah. know, like I want to be out to send you a message and then every now and then someone will send me a message, you know, like and it's just this sort of reciprocal thing and that we make time for one another like I understand you know and you know understand that you know everyone is quite busy but I think you and I know busy probably more than most yeah but yeah we can still make time you know what I mean like I don't I just don't think there's an excuse not to make time if it's once a month once every two months or you know once a quarter but there's that sort of that time yeah Yeah, it's not Um, hard to juggle a few things around to make a little bit of space for your best friends you know yeah, and I think you need to prioritize. You know, like any re- like relationships in general. You know, like you, you know, like you know, you're married, I'm married, but you make time to prioritize those relationships, right? You know, yeah. I make time to prioritize the relationships with my child. Um, all relationships actually deserve that. I think it's yeah. something that I've learned now. You know, like, and people have time. It's just whether they decide to make time or not, as well. Like, yeah. no one's that busy that they can't spare ten minutes to have a phone call with you or the 20 seconds it takes to send a text message. Like if, if yeah. people are that busy, um, you know, it's not that they're that busy. It's just that you're not a priority. And I think that's a big, for me, lesson that I've learned. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm definitely, I don't know about you now, but now it's just like, you know, and you witnessed this the other day because we do have another friend in our friend circle who we love dearly. Um, yeah. And, you know, and not that, I don't want to use the word collateral damage, but, you know, we sort of something that led to this is that we had a group of four of us who would go out for dinner and we do it every two months. Um, and yeah, the one particular person just sort of, you know, could really only do it like limited to only being able to do it twice, you know, two Fridays out of every month. And then was always busy on those days. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously it was just time to move on from that, which is fine. But with our other friend, um, you know, obviously when all this went down I decided you know I got very heavy I'm like no 
I'm no longer available, you know, like making my, you know, declaring what it is that I'm no longer available for and just setting a clear expectation because I think that's something that we don't do. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think you're going with, hey, look, really keen to be friends, but like, I really need X, Y, and Z, right? Yeah. But but we do that with our husbands. You know, you tell them like what your mind. needs are, you know, like, you, you know, like, and even at work, you'll be like, okay, well, I actually need this, this, and this to actually thrive better in this environment. Like, you literally do this in every other relationship except yeah. for friendships. And now I'm like, nope, I'm just going to go in and like, this is my expectation now, you know, like, and, and for this particular group, it was like, look, we were organizing a dinner once every two months. I'm like, I expect us to do this and, and to prioritize it, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, whatever else happens outside of that, I'm, I'm asking for two hours of your time, maybe yeah. once every two months to three months, like, and yeah. if you can't commit to that, you know, like, and obviously we get things come up, right? You know, yeah. people get you know, the spicy cough or this or that, you know, things are going to happen. Yeah. You can't, but yeah. it's then rescheduling, which wasn't happening. And it just, yes, yeah, so yeah. now I've sort of gone the all outs with that sort of yeah. stuff. So I think that's like really, really important is having yeah. those sort of setting expectations maybe, you know, like. I look at everything now like a performance review. I saw this once on TikTok and it cracked me up that there was a girl on TikTok and she goes every at the end of every year, yeah, she puts everybody in her life, so not just friends, like this is partners, jobs, um, you know, and her friends, family, everything, and she goes through and she does perform. She performance manages them, not to their what? face, but she she sits there and she goes, okay, like because um, what she does is she works out who she's going to take into the next year with her. So she, she she sort of ranks how this this relationship has been in this past 12 months. Has it served her? Have they been close? Has it, you know, like, you know, like has it helped her or, you know, or has it just been like, you know, like, oh, no, I'm too busy to catch up with you or, you know, all this sort of stuff. And at first I read that, I'm like, oh, my God, you're fucking crazy. And then I was like. No, I'm taking this. I fucking love it. I'm gonna just yeah. I'm gonna do a performance review at the end of every year. That's amazing. Like, yeah. I mean, I've never heard of that before, but it makes total sense. Like, and she does it like even with her career, and she's like, okay, so how how did my job perform this year? Did it live up to my expectations? Was it things I could have done better? What worked? What didn't work? What would I change for next year? Yeah. And it's just like such a way to analyze your life. Yeah, and, definitely. And those in it, and I'm like. Yeah, you know, because I think too realizing that sometimes those things don't always serve you all the yeah. time, like reasons and seasons, right? Like sometimes, and you know, lessons and blessings, you know, whatever, whatever yeah. those things are that sometimes you know people are meant to be in your life, you know, for a long time. They might just be there for a lesson, and and you know, yeah. and I think yeah, those sort of circles do change too as you grow. And what your oh. yeah definitely yeah. I mean even as another example as well um, like when I was a child obviously um, um, I grew up in a cult setting um, and it was really my parents then um, who made that move to exit out of that cult um, mm. when I was quite young maybe ten or eleven I think um, and it was all that my parents or especially my mum had ever known. She'd only ever known people within the cult setting. She had absolutely no support circle 
outside of the cult. And so for her leaving especially, it was heartbreaking. And I remember um, hearing her cry for months mm-hmm. every single night um, yeah. about losing this uh, friendship group that she did have, but knowing that um, watching her children growing up in a cult and have these cult-like um, impressions put on them um, was the worst thing. Um, and so they did end up making that move. And I think that's the biggest example in my life where I've had, you know, obviously my mum, a massive, you know, figure in my life, choose to do something and prioritise herself and her children, her family um, over well, her, her her friendship circle at the time. And it was a massive step. Um, yeah. And they, this cult, you know, they did actually, I remember it was like a, a – a banishment and excommunication it was this absolute we want nothing to do with you you are going to hell you know um we can't yeah. be around you um and so my mum and well I mean I grew up with um a lot of these uh children as well um just being left literally rejected uh, by everything that we'd ever known um, and so it's it's and just incredible. How if you don't mind me asking, how long were your were your how long were your parents in that cult for? So uh my mum was basically there um right at the start of it. It took several stages to get to where a stage where you would call it a cult. Um yeah. it was just gradual, like all cults uh cults, um they do um start off in the early stages being very um um oh yeah quite small quite um you know sensitive to the community quite you know warm and welcoming and they certainly yeah. um kept up that warm and welcoming um uh persona definitely 100 percent um and um they they are genuinely lovely people but the cultures um and the well, really, the the mental and emotional um, abuse, um, and definitely linked to not necessarily my part of the cult, but a different part of the same cult, uh, a lot of physical and uh, sexual abuse as well. Um, so, yeah, so my mum definitely pretty much grew up with it, saw it all um, as it unfolded here um, here in Australia. Um, so. I'm not sure how much he saw in the other side of the cult with, you know, the, the more extreme measures. Uh, yeah. Definitely we grew up uh, very strict. Um, Were you sort of cut off from, like, I guess the outside world as well? You know, like, excuse my ignorance here, but it's, you know, no. like. Yeah, so um, we were quite lucky um, at that stage. Um, we were still allowed uh, allowed to attend um we're not allowed. We were attending a um, a Christian school, um, mm-hmm. so really that was my outside experience with the world. Um, apart from that, there was nothing else. Yeah. Um, I didn't even see those people um, necessarily. Um, my classmates as friends, and in fact, I struggled. I had absolutely no friends. Um, yeah. While I was in primary school, I definitely remember that because I had be it had been drilled into my head that these 
people are worldly and that I could only be friends with people who were you, true yeah. Christians within the cult. Yeah. yeah. So it was very isolating. With your, you know, for example, with your mom, did she like have friends outside of the cult or, you know, like, cause obviously you had school, but with the adults, did they just, it was just the community? Like, yeah. So the Christian school that we were at was, um, <laughs> North Adelaide, um, up Craigmore, Elizabeth Way. So uh, obviously us living in the hills, it was about an hour's drive. So there was really no kind of community um, or school yeah. community here in the hills for my mum. And, yeah, she had absolutely, and I don't think any friends at all um, outside of, yeah, the cult. Yeah. And that's, yeah. it, you know, like, and I wonder how much we learn about, you know, like you think about, like everything in life is a is a learnt skill, right? You know, you don't just know how to walk, you learn how to walk. You don't know how to talk, you learn how to talk. And I think that that's sort of the same with friendships as well, is that you learn how to have friends. And I think that as much as, you know, doing things like going to school or kindy and all that sort of stuff where you learn, you f- first start learning sort of social skills. Yeah. But I, I wonder how much we learn from our parents as well of, relationships and and friends as well you know like yeah you know how much of that is a learnt skill that's ingrained yeah definitely for sure and I'm 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 not entirely sure it's not like I've gone over and analyzed in my mind um or in my life how much it's really impacted I guess my friendships um Mm. uh, like I said my my um best friend who I've known since um we were four years old she was also part of that and her family did eventually leave as well. So we've got that mm-hmm. in common. Um, and we, she as it? well, both um, suffer, I guess. Yeah, not necessarily, I think. I don't know if I would call it PTSD. I'm not sure if I necessarily feel like, PTSD, yeah. but there's definitely trauma um, yeah. and definitely things that have been ingrained in us when we were so young that it was it is pretty much um, impossible to um, rule that out. It's very hard sometimes to even just uh, in some certain situations um, to actually go against that um, learned nature from when I was a child. Yeah. And, you know, like, because it's crazy, you know, it's so crazy because, you know, from, from the stories that you've told me, I mean, firstly, I mean, it's awesome that you actually have your bond with your best friend like that um, because she's probably the only other person who would ever know what that's like. Yeah. You know, like any of us could, you know, like we just, we haven't lived it. We couldn't, couldn't imagine what's that, what that's like. So the fact that you've got that best friend from four years old, that if anything's up in life, I don't know, like if you feel like, whether things are triggered by things that have happened by that or anything like that, you you know, you've got that level of support yeah. and somebody who just gets, just it. gets it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. you know, without, without having to, you know, because you know, what might, you know, what might seem normal for me might be something that triggers you depending, you know, but I mean, that's like that in anything, but it's just that sort of extreme case. Mm. And I know that, you know, you've talked to me about lots of stuff, um, you know, when we talk about that sort of ingraining, because this is like a huge topic that I always talk about on this podcast and probably just everywhere. Like I am so, I think as I head into my fabulous 40s, not there yet, but almost, um, having my eyes open to how much 
we are conditioned yeah as like societal conditioning and then I then I hear the stories that you've told me and it's just like that on steroids yeah you know like from those sort of experiences because half the time it feels like um you know like I don't know like and I wonder if this is a reflection of friendships as well like how we all think it's meant to be because how we've been told that that's how it's meant to be yeah 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 like sometimes in the expectation of of women you know like I think sometimes we get a bit of a bad rap as well for being quite sort of catty or bitchy you know and and sort of growing up and being like you know like I grew up for ages and I was just like yeah I don't have lots of female friends I have mainly male friends but I think now that that now that I reflect on that yeah as much as that is sort of true, but I, I wonder how much of it was my own deci- decision as opposed to conditioning of what I was told. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. you know, like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I grew up in a time where women were always seen as your competition. You know, like there was like these little scraps to go around to the women and we all had to claw and fight for it. And that's just sort of how everything was um presented to us you know when you saw things like you know like obviously 80s baby and things in the 90s and early 2000s of women in movies like they're always really sort of bitchy or catty or trying to you know bring each other down and and it's just um yeah and I think you sort of yeah I don't know sort of does stuff to you just like sort of conditioning yeah I mean um even the other day I was um Obviously, um, I mean, even like growing up as a cult, so we never actually watched a lot of TV. We actually had um, no TV, no internet, even for quite a while as well. Um, And so I've been almost kind of reliving a childhood. Um, And recently I've been watching, um, much to Reese's disgrace, I've been watching um, H2O, um, The Mermaids. Oh, yes, right, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And (laughs) even in one of those episodes, I love it, but... um, you know, one of the mermaids, I can't remember who, um, she was talking to her dad about, you know, going to uni and the dad was straight out like, oh, why do you want to go to uni? You're only a girl. You'll just get married. You know, it's like. Why? It's oh. Just, yeah. Yep. Um, and it's just, it's horrifying. I mean, I think we've really grown um, as a culture, as women, um, and feminism really have grown into a culture of like, yes, it's um, almost, um, I guess, expected to go on and do higher education or do something to be able to work. Um, and I think still, obviously, in some cultures, in some circles, you know, if there's more conservative circles, it's definitely still um, a bit delayed there. But um, it's really, really great to see um, that there's this um, new culture of, yeah, women standing up for the, what they want and it's really great to see. Yeah. Obviously Without it's not getting, Yeah. <sighs> yeah. No, I, I 100% agree. Like it, it's totally different. Like I had a few things like there was like, I don't know, there was, a, I don't know, it was six months, probably it was 12 months ago with now how quickly the year has gone. I was out with um, a lady and we were having a cocktail and there was two young girls in the elevator with us and there was these men in there as well. And they sort of went to push by us. And it's funny because us two were like, you know, a little older. Mm-hmm. And, you know, where we almost allow that sort of 
behavior. Yeah. Where these two younger girls are like, excuse me, that's so fucking rude. Like let them out for like, they just full went to town on them. Like, and it was just so funny because I'm just like, oh my God, like these, you know, new age women are just so, so ballsy, but I was going to say like, and in like an absolutely required normal way, like it's not ballsy. It's just like, no, hang on. Like we deserve a minimum level of fucking respect and and we're going to get that now. And I think that's a huge difference. And I think we saw that in, you know, without getting too political, but we did see that here in Australia with the election. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I think on um, the uh, election um, campaign or the committee that was talking then throughout the, um, you know, while the votes will be counted and stuff, um, it was at Kate Ellis, I think, who said, and she specifically pointed out that she was really disgusted in the way that Julia Gillard was treated um, during her um, time as Prime Minister um, and she was belittled a lot by the men in um, mm-hmm. Parliament and for her to point that out, for Kate to point that out in front of um, this panel and again on live television, it was really mm-hmm. amazing to see. Yeah, and I think we saw a lot of that too with like with Brittany Higgins with what happened there and, um, you know, and the way that, that Liberal government just tried to sort of n- just never own up to it, never just, you know, I don't yeah. know. When the Prime Minister feels like he needs to talk to his wife to be able to relate to women, like there's like an issue there. But I think with the way that the votes came out, it was very much a female vote. It was a younger person vote, to, you know, like about our sort of generation who cares about what's going to happen to the climate, like and yeah. and that sort of educated um yeah, I think that, you know, women had a voice this election and yeah. they fucking well used it. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of the um, the actual seats that have been taken is a, a quite a greater percentage now of women actually in those seats now, which is really yeah. amazing to see. Yeah. And because that was always a thing, like, and I, and I had to, you know, I'd always drive past those posters and I'm like, what? how can I vote for this old man? Like, this old man yeah. knows, not, like, he doesn't know anything about the sort of struggles that I face on a day-to-day basis and whether that's regardless of whether I was a man or a woman because that's just a bit of a, you know, you f- you find a lot of those older men are just so out of touch with what's happening yeah. today, you know, whether it's the struggles of, you know, putting food on the table or buying a house or all this sort of stuff. They're not going through that and they're trying to relate, like, to their heyday back in the 1950s of when they bought their house for $20,000 and trying to compare that to what we're going through at a medium house price of $600,000. You know, it it was crazy, you know, like you just, like, you drive, oh, God, God, I can't fight, you know, why am I voting for another old white man? Like, they don't don't know me. They don't know me. So Literally. I was lucky enough. Yeah, I voted for some some pretty badass women. So I thought that was that was really, like really really good. But I think that you know, like you know, and I think that this is you know we we're talking about with the boundaries and everything. This is where this is all coming in from because I think as women we are growing yeah. to use our voice, yeah, and be like, so this is what's accepted. You know, this I no long like this I don't accept, and this yeah. I do accept. And this yeah. I like and this I don't like and, and you know, this I consent to, you know, like it, it's like this whole big thing of life, you know, this I don't consent to, you know, like and having yeah. that sort of voice and that power yeah. to really be able to, you know, set boundaries in any relationship, you know, like I think that's definitely a big thing. And I think it's so important. And if anyone is out there listening and they've got some sort of friends that are, you know, maybe not pulling their weight and shit like that, like don't be afraid to speak up. 
um, or, you know, sometimes yeah. people's actions or lack of actions speak louder than words. So just for me, I'm just, just cut them the fuck out of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think you've got to um, almost visualize your life, you know, in a year, two years, five years, you know, is this person still going to be a part of it? Um, yeah. Are you visualizing your life still with this person in it? Um, and if you can't see that, if you can't see them sticking around, then cut them off sooner rather than later, I think, yeah. you know. And, um, yeah. you know, and then when you're visualizing your life as well, are they helping you to get to where you want to be? Mm. You know what I mean? Or are they, they holding you back? Because sometimes we do. We have friends from like, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, who just have nothing in common with you now. Like, and it might be still stuck in the high school drama bullshit and that's just not what you're about anymore. And, and you want sort of progression and, and all this sort of stuff. Are they, are they matching that or are they standing still? Are they going backwards? Are they dragging you back? Like yeah. looking at that yeah. stuff too. I think like you, you do, you really need to assess, I don't know, like now I'm a bit funny. Like now it's who is in my circle. Like I choose for them to be there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and this is something I talk about a lot on the podcast about not you are, I don't know if I've said it to you directly, but I always say, is, is, you know, the old saying, you are what you eat. Yeah. My saying is you are what you consume. And, and by consume, it means who are you talking to? Who are you spending your time with? What are you listening to on the radio? What are you watching on TV? Like, what is it that you're bringing into your inner sacred sanctum? Yeah. Or what is it that you're, you know, not, you know, like, because, you know, everything that you bring into it should be sort of sacred and, you know, protect that energy. If you want the best out of your life, you need to have the best, be surrounded by the best. You know what I mean? Like, it's so true. And I think we're so influenced. Um, even if, you know, one person is acting a little bit differently or, you know, has gone out and tried something new and they've, you know, brought that into their lifestyle. I think we're almost, as their friends, kind of affected by that as well. You can see one person growing and you want to instinctively grow. And I think if mm-hmm. um, you are, you yourself um, are growing and your friends are you know, happy and willing to support that and, you know, helping you on that journey, then that's great. You've got a real friend, friendship group. But yeah. if you find that, you know... Um, I don't know, just for instance, like when I was studying, um, you know, seeing uh, friends going and hanging out um, and I was there, you know, studying or at uni, um, you know, and not really making that time for me to be there with them, even though I was really trying to better my future, you know, it's um, yeah. it's hard to but see, you- but yeah, that realisation yeah. that you really need to, yeah. That's it. But you also have the right, you know, if you've got the right circle of friends, they're going to support you because that's what they know you want to do. But, mm. you know, like it's the same as if you like, like I, you know, like obviously as everyone knows I've moved back to the hills. I'm running into like everyone that I, you know, like have known for like 20, like I ran into someone tonight who I used to work with 20 years ago. Oh, like wow. how fucked up is that? And, um, and it's, and it's great because, you know, he's, you know, moved on you know like he's married and he's coaching and and all this sort of stuff but you know like back in the day it's like I had to let go a lot of friends when especially when like I used to go you know I used to love when I was in my 20s I used to go out and party a fucking shitload (laughs) and you know but then it got to a time when it's like okay well now this is what I want to do but then I still had friends who were still in that same old sort of mindset and and that's all that they they sort of wanted 
which is fine, but that's not where I was going. But if I kept hanging out with them, I was getting sort of dragged back into that lifestyle rather than the sort of growth uh, mindset and lifestyle that I wanted. So, you know, like is that sort of side of things too, you know, like are they, you know, like you said, looking at it in five years' time, are, they, are these the people that, you know, are they going to pull you down or are they going to lift you up? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and especially I think even like the last few months, I know that you've been struggling with this issue um, with, you know, this certain friendship. Um, and I can see like, you know, times where it has been difficult um, and, you know, you've been a little bit quieter, a bit more reserved, you know, because you're processing these things in your mind and you're thinking mm-hmm. about it. Um, and it's, you know, it's difficult to see someone being affected um, by something. It's, you know, you know, oh, well, when is enough enough? Um, yeah. When, when do I make this decision? Um, yeah. And, you know, yeah. People on the outside can really see it, but it's hard. Yeah. In yourself. Exactly. And I was just like, I was so torn to make the decision because I didn't want to make the decision. And, yeah. you know, and, and we'd had that conversation. I'm like, do I just let it go? And then in the end, I've said, no, I'm just going to cut ties. And, you know, like I'm that big believer in like, you know, energy and universe and all that sort of stuff, you know, as well. And it's just like, well, if I keep accepting this friendship, I'm sending a big fuck off message out to the universe or to God or whatever it is that you believe in of going, this is what I feel that I believe that I deserve. This is, this is what I deserve, like a shitty fucking friendship. And unless I let that go and in, and cut it, now I'm so much more open. I'm like, okay, now I'm open to, you know, receiving, like looking at the friendships that I already have and then being like, okay, cool. Well, that's where my energy should be going because these are people who are reciprocating that energy and then yeah. opening myself up to, you know, potentially new friendships and, you know, like I've made, it's like making space for for what it is that you want. Like you can sit there and you can be like, hey, you know, God, I'd love some like amazing friend groups, you know, like and some really awesome like girlfriends and stuff like that. But if I'm not going to make the space for that, I'm not going to get it either, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I think we're going to wrap it up there because we've gotten into so much tonight, but I would love to have you back again because this is awesome and I think we've got lots of stories that we can share about all different topics. Definitely. And it's a lot of fun tonight. So thank you so much for joining me on this special episode of Champagne and Chill. Oh, good. It was lovely to be here. It was amazing. And please go check out Teresa on her socials. Um, plug your socials for yeah. especially for your business page. Yeah, so um I'm on Instagram, um myo dot by dot Teresa. Uh you'll find me on Instagram there for my myotherapy. Um I would love yeah. to see any listeners there um and see how I can help you. Amazing. And I will link those details in our show notes as well so that everyone knows where to find you. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much for supporting the Kiss My Crown podcast. Now, if you want to keep in touch or up to date with all things Queen Creations, make sure you head over to the website of www.queencreationsdesign.com. It is your one-stop shop for everything to do with Queen Creations.